0: you're dealing with, in a perfect situation, a human being that is ready for surgery and all you gotta do is find that slot. But just like an airplane trying to land, there's crosswinds, there's headwinds, there's ice, there's weather. Dr. Larson podcast on call with Dr. Larson, just to finish the call week, just wrapped up the final surgery leftover, if you will, from the week. Um, I'll explain what that means. Leftover. It means I just dragged on a little bit till I could get some OR time. OR time is coveted. just like, gosh, if you're out there trying to buy shoes or a car or, f- I mean, I guess toilet paper, right? Buy anything right now. Um, try to find OR time. It's just as hard. And so, um, when we're, you're on call and you're trying to jockey where who's getting operated on when, you've got to work with, mind you, you've got to work with what, 30, 40, 50 other surgeons to, to, to navigate this time. But it was, a, it was an amazing week. It was very, very busy, busy. I was jumped right back into the pool of busyness. And I did that coming off of a half marathon. I met up with my brothers in Moab, Utah last weekend and ran the Moab Half Trail Marathon, which was spectacular. The weather was in the 60s it was spectacular you start in this the at the base of this river and climb up through this canyon and, and go along the rim and then you scramble on down and cross a river and it was just absolutely spectacular had one little faux pie uh i was we had to run through a stream to to get to the finish but uh, mile 12 i think it was a mile 11 or 12. they said you had a river crossing well we had to run down the stream so we're all kind of trying to Cheated a little bit and run on a bank or something. And there was this one little area where we could run a little bit on a bank. And I just tried to press it a little bit further. And my six foot seven inch carcass twisted the wrong way, fell off the bank, fell into the river I was trying to avoid. I'm up into my shoulders in this freezing water, you know, laying in it and, you know, shook that off. And it was a fun last mile to get to the finish. So jumped right into call, and as usual, did a little series of elective cases, and then the clock started taking on the on-call work. Um, and it got busy, it just got really, really busy. Trauma, mostly trauma, mostly not, there were a couple of severe traumas, but there were a lot of just what are called ground level falls, where somebody, usually elderly falls while walking, maybe falls off of a, a ladder or falls on a stool or falls, just trips and falls in bone fragility, results in fractures, which if it happens in the spine, results in spinal compression, spinal cord injury. And so there was a, quite a bit of that going on. Um, there was a, some, uh, let's get into a little bit of neuroanatomy, aphasia, aphasia is where, is, a, is sort of a confused state of the brain or an inability to, to process language or create language. So somebody who's aphasic, either can't understand, can't speak, can't get out the words that they're trying to say, or both. And that happens in the dominant hemisphere. We talked a little bit about lateralization of the brain, right-left lateralization. Usually, in most people, um, the dominant hemisphere is the left hemisphere. In the, in the left hemisphere, you have your, your, your frontal lobe, your temporal lobe, your parietal lobe, and your occipital lobe. The frontal lobe is where speech is executed. That's where speech is, comes out. So you think about what you're gonna to want to say and then you articulate it. It comes right out of your frontal lobe. The processing of what you want to say, the reading, the recognition, the processing of what you want to say happens in the temporal lobe. If you get a stroke or a, a tumor or an injury or any kind of lesion in the temporal lobe, in the in the, what, what would be referred to as the receptive speech center, you will have a difficult time processing and usually if you're examining that patient, it's a very distinct examination. They're just absolutely happy, but absolutely, there's no understanding of what's going on. They're just sort of like in this, there's this this confused happiness sitting here not making any sense. They can get words out properly, but the words make no sense. Contrast that to somebody who has a frontal lobe lesion. A frontal lobe lesion um, would cause a what's called an expressive aphasia. You can't get words out. And in that case, if it's isolated to the frontal lobe, the, the patient knows what they want to say. They, they, they understand, they recognize you. They know that this is a watch. They know that this is a thumb. But if you ask them what that is, they just can't get it out. So you can see frustration. There's no happiness there. So t- this week, well, the first case I picked up on call was a, was a man, middle-aged man who um, had a, an abscess in his left temporal lobe. And when I got him, when I received him, he wasn't following any commands. He was intubated, he was very sick, very sick. He was infected and he had this abscess or this collection of purulence of pus in his left temporal lobe. And it made its way up so that there was it was open, it was actually open into the to the surface of a part of the temporal lobe. So that was the there was, there was no harm in doing the surgery and entering in that, that cortex where the, the, the abscess had expelled itself. So I, I, I took him to surgery. I, I got in there. I, you know, as you know, got the purulence out, put a catheter into his, the ventricles of his brain so he can get some intraventricular medication, uh, antibiotics, got the cultures and he awoke. And when he finally came to, he, he was, he was better. He's moving everything. He was alive, very, very much alive but he, at this time, you know, he appears to have a what's called a receptive aphasia. Not complete, I'll tell you, it's not complete because you can tell he can recognize some of his family members, his friends. He can, you can just see some recognition there, but there's this sensory confusion and there's these normal words coming out, but just, they just, they make no sense. Call week ended with a, a, a woman who, who came in in a diabetic crisis. She had a condition called diabetic ketoacidosis where uh, the sugar just got so out of control that metabolically she was in, in trouble. So there's a lot of confusion with that, but routinely she got a CT scan of the brain and it showed a lesion in the left frontal lobe. And I went to examine her and she had an expressive aphasia. She could recognize that I was a doctor. She didn't know me, of course, she could show me her thumb. If I asked her to show me her thumb, if I asked her what this was, she'd try to say watch, but she couldn't say watch. If I asked her if this was a a ring, she'd say no. I mean, she'd she'd shake her head no. Is this a watch? She'd shake her head yes. Pure expressive aphasia. It turns out we got an MRI on her. It wasn't a tumor. It was a stroke, just very specific to one artery that went right into that temporal lobe. So here's this really unique time where I had two patients with both types of very, very selective, specific, focused uh, aphasia, essentially four rooms apart in the ICU. So, what a, you know, I, you learn neuroanatomy stroke by stroke. What an opportunity. So, I got to do some teaching with the uh, nursing staff and some of the other physicians and, and, and caregivers and, uh, and ad, advanced practice practitioners. Um, it was, so, it was kind of a splendid week in that regard. Both of those patients have a chance of recovery, the woman with the stroke. You know was, we caught it early enough and um, she's got a good chance for recovery and we'll have to see on the guy with the uh, infection he's in a he's in a bit of a tough shape the source of the infection is is probably the valves in the heart that seeded into the brain the, you know bacteria can grow in a valve of the heart if it's an abnormal valve and then it seeds into the brain or anywhere else in your body so it'll be a tough road for that so um lots and lots of cases um those were the two that was that's our neuroanatomy lesson but Spine trauma, lots and lots of hardware to fix these things, decompressing compressed nerves, compressed spinal cords, putting bones back together. And what's really crazy is having to jockey this. So here's what on-call is like right now, the life of on-call. You kind of have to be, I imagine this is what, if you're an air traffic controller, what you do. You only have, let's say you're at a, you know, I'm at a community hospital. Let's go to my community airport. There's two runways. It doesn't have a tower, but if it did, there'd be an air traffic controller and there's two runways, runways, and there's all these planes that want to land, and just like there's all these patients that need to get into the OR, and I have only so many ORs, and you have to jockey for the time, and you need your rest as well. You don't want to be you know, booking cases, these complex cases at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., midnight. You're dealing with, in a perfect situation, a human being that is ready for surgery, and all you gotta do is find that slot, but just like an airplane trying to land. There's crosswinds, there's headwinds, there's ice, there's weather, there's, you know, whatever issues, fog, all these things. These patients have comorbidities, they're on blood thinners, they have cardiac issues, their sodium is too high, their potassium is too low, they are all of these things that need to be jockeyed around. So you're really trying to manage this situation. So, and just like I imagine with, with flying and controlling air traffic, the more you do this, the better you get at it. And and everybody realizes it. I, got, I have to think that if you're a really good pilot, everybody wants to take off and land with you. Well, if you're a really good surgeon, everybody who works in there wants to be in your room, wants to see. They trust in it. The system works. When, when, when Dr. Larson says, I need a room, I need two and a half hours. I mean, I can say, I need two hours and 35 minutes, and they pretty much know it's going to be two hours and 35 minutes. So, that's two decades of doing this over and over and over and over again, the so-called 10,000 hours of it. That's what, that's what, that's what it was like. So I've been able to manage it very well. You can see I'm smiling. I look kind of rested and it's a couple more weeks before calls start again. I think I have like one every fourth week. So another three weeks back to call, back to another run of this and we'll see if we have a few more ORs open, but I mean the community is ready for it. You can see it's alive around here. People are, are more active now. People are outside. They're doing things. People are somewhat getting back to normal. So that's really, really, really good to see um yeah it's great to see thank you everybody for watching i'm dr larson is on call dr larson see you next time